1: can't go on. I'm Alan Wharton and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of September 2011. For newcomers, look into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You see a whole bunch of sites listed there, They're the official sites I have. Uh, they all carry hundreds of audios for download and they also all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for print-up. And if you see the one, it's called Alan Watt Sentence, Sentinel.eu listed in the com site. That'll take you to a site where you can take a, a, a choice of variety of languages and for print-up. So help yourselves. And remember, too, I always say that you're the audience that bring me to you. I'm sure most folks skip over the first five minutes of the, the talk anyway because they don't want to hear about me giving a penny uh, this way so they just skip over it. They're so used to it. And then one day, of course, it won't be here. And then everyone, thousands and thousands of folks, say, "Well, what happened to you?" You see? Well, what happens generally to people who try it my way, which is a suicidal way, which is not to take money from advertisers, not to bring on guests who really are advertisers, and not to uh, mislead you in any kind of way or, or, uh, at, at all. You know, even if it betters me by bringing on advertisers and getting paid for every time I mention their name. That's how it works and advertising, uh, I'm doing it the, 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 this way, which gives me more leeway, more scope to say things I want to say without hurting anybody's feelings. And um, the ads you hear on this show are paid by the advertisers directly through RBM It's nothing to do with me at all. I don't know who they are, and uh, that pays for this airtime and for the studio's time and their staff and equipment and their bills. And sure enough, everyone's even here. Equipment breaks down all the time. Just last week, our computer fried on me. And um, so I'm dependent on you to keep me going. And it's up to you if you want to listen to this kind of information or not, because I go into the history of the system you're living in. I give you the, the older history of it right up to the present day, what's really happening, to show you that government and all its forms that you know of was bypassed a long time ago by what's called a parallel government. And I'll be touching on some of those institutions tonight. And um, that's where the real truth is. Uh, anything else t- is trying to attack government using uh, information or intelligence that's 25, 50 years old. That's why you can't get anywhere with it. Your government really isn't your government anymore. They're global. They keep telling you they're global. They're intertwined commercially uh, through their banks, through all their debt systems, central banking, international banking. They're all combined together. And all of your politicians know that. They don't have to know much in politics except the ones at the top. And they're picked especially by the Council on Foreign Relations. It doesn't matter what party they are. Quickly said so himself back in the 60s. And it always had been that way. So hopefully you'll keep me going. It's up to you. Buy the books and discs I have at cuttingthreadmetrix.com. They're different from anything else you get out there to show you the techniques of chronology, the system that runs you, the system that runs millions and billions of people down through the ages. And I show you how it's done. And if you understand that, you'll start to get a, a leg up on uh, the ladder of understanding what this system is really all about. From the US to Canada, you can Purchase using um, an international postal money order or a personal check. You can use PayPal. You'll see the button on the Com sites. Use that. There's a site to take you to it, in fact, how to order. And you, as I say, you can also send cash as well. It's up to you straight. The nations are awfully welcome in these days because I've got stuff here to replace. and I'm curious really whether you're born replacing it or not because I could go off and do many other things, believe you, me, many other things. And everything I've ever said in this particular broadcast throughout the years, you'll hear the following day with all the other broadcasters as well, because we changed the way that patriotism even sees itself and the world. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Number two, overseas listeners can order as well by using PayPal, MoneyGram, or Western Union. And again, straight donations would be certainly, certainly welcome because I'm running backwards here right now. And um, as I say, I have to come to a decision shortly as to what to do. You go back to private teaching, which is de- definitely more lucrative, and it's also gives me a lot more free time. There's no free time at all. And what I do here because I don't have a big staff punching up everything on the screen for me. And uh, otherwise I could could, uh, take half the day off and go for a walk once in a while. Anyway, I talked about we're fighting really with antique tools, a system which is way ahead of us. We're really almost 50 years in the past with intelligence. The media is designed to keep you there, of course, thinking the government is just the government. Even though part of your mind, if you think at all, will keep thinking about the big G20 meetings and these global meetings and global this and global that. Most folk don't. They still think all you do is go out and vote for whoever they present to you at each election and things go on as normal. They actually adapt. And this is the key to everything, adaptation. People adapt because they're trained to adapt they have the ability in them to but they're also trained to adapt up in their system as it changes we're geared, we're hit in so many almost um, subconscious ways and prompted uh, as Sunstein would call it into adaptation in the proper fashion because those in, who run the world always make sure you get the proper culture or even religion sometimes uh, for the proper times made by the proper authorities so that the the people will behave properly, and they do, along with your culture and everything else. Now, last night I talked uh, a bit about a meeting. I put two links up. Uh, that's in uh, Detroit, I think it is. It's politicians, labor activists, ice cream makers gathered to influence free trade agreement. And that was um, by this, this Tribune reporter, Chicago Tribune. And it talks about the celebration of Labour Day, spirit, etc. They that kicked off actually in Australia, if I remember right. Uh, the actual day, May Day, you know, or Labour Day, I should say. Uh, it says, um, beginning Tuesday, leaders from the nine countries involved with the Trans-Pacific Partnership Pact. This is a massive expansion of the North American free trade deal. Uh, don't think for a minute, they just have this meeting. This meeting was planned a long time ago. And bureaucrats and big business leaders... World managers, I call all of them together now collectively because that's where they have so many departments plus academia on board. They're world managers. This is the age of world managers. And they they call governance their goal. Governance, this, te- this term you keep hearing now, is not government anymore. You see, government is obsolete technically. It's, 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 it's given a back seat almost. Their job is to sign things into law to tax you and stuff like that. But uh, governance is a global idea. And it's up and working already. So it said here uh, that the nine countries involved with the Trans-Pacific Partnership Pact, the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Peru, Chile, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, and Brunei, are expected to meet at the Hilt in Chicago to sign off on broad outlines of a final agreement over the proposed U.S. trade deal. Now, this, they send off what they call officially sherpas Sherpas, like the guys who take mountain climbers up the hills, and the Sherpas are bureaucrats, high level bureaucrats who travel across the world to all the participants for at least a year, sometimes two years in advance before the meeting. And they draft up all the, the different documents that will be signed at the meeting. The meeting's a kind of love in a feast type deal. Where they just officially sign uh, on a dotted line and put it all into a form of law, uh, but it's so interesting too that it really bypasses government. Although there's government participation uh, or at least membership involved there at the meetings, and that's how they do it now. Is it's, it's they, just like they run around the constitution, and they said they'd do that. They would run around the constitution rather than head head on. And have the backlash, they just went round it and built a superstructure over it and under it and and that 's what they did same thing with government, you see with the help of the people in government because they hadn 't picked for their role at each time all the time anyway it's, it says here we want an agreement that puts people first. Cohen says one of the one of the um, union bosses I think they are anyway it, it says here. Um, Arthur Stamoulis, executive director of a national coalition called Citizens Trade Campaign, said activists were push for strong, fair labour standards, financial regulation protections and an end to corporate loopholes uh, uh, in domestic laws. Too many past trade agreements have benefited Wall Street and big business at the expense of normal people, he said. We've seen hundreds of thousands of good-paying jobs shipped overseas from this region, And what we need is a trade agreement that actually improves the living standards for working people in Chicago and around the world. And speaking of that too, I'll put up uh, a good uh, link to tent cities, photographs of the folk in tent cities in the States now as they go down, you see. The demonstrators rallied in uh, Grant Park before marching towards a nearby Hilton, Chicago, on Michigan Avenue. Some marched with babies and strollers, etc. And some activists shouted in bullhorns, buying together plastic batons, and chanted pro-labour mantras. Afterwards, Greenfield and Cohen passed out Ben and Jerry's ice cream to the demonstrators, including the flavour American Dream. I've never heard of that one. A, a vanilla fudge, waffle cone, and caramel. Concoction. Sounds pretty good, actually. Inspired by comedian Stephen Colbert. Anyway. It says, we're here to begin to reverse the 30 years of bad trade policy, said the Reverend Tim Yeager, 61, an Episcopal priest from Oak Park, who attended the rally with his wife and two children of their friends. Working people cannot afford to have a Pacific Rim trade deal. It just opens up the markets in a race to the bottom. It just, it's just capitalism run rampant. When that happens, workers in all those countries, in our country, pay the price. But I don't know if they even understand at this level here uh, that this is a very old agenda that they talked about in the late 1800s in London. And long before that, that in fact, uh, going by a few hundred years to the times of John Dee, free trade across the world. But each country that would do a participant in free trade would have to copy this so-called British system, which has evolved since then as well. And... It wouldn't be free where you could set up shop and just send us stuff overseas. No, the, the, the ones at the top of the official committee, this World Trade Organization, descends who's who will trade with whom or if they can trade at all. It's really for big international multi-corporations. That's what it's really for and keep everybody else out of the picture. But uh, I'll put this up with another link to it that I mentioned last night too uh, because it's, uh, it shows you what's happening right now. Right now. And these people are here, they are poor souls, doing the usual march, stuff that's a hundred years old, the usual stuff, protests, bullhorns, all that. And they don't realize how huge this is as the, these meetings go on and the boys look down from their massive, you know, ivory towers and wonder what the, this little buzz they hear at the bottom of it is. I also put on one up two on the World Economic Forum. Now, the World Economic Forum isn't just a, guy, a bunch of guys who come out and grade your your, your currency ratings, etc. In this great uh, competit- competitive world of cash, which they all control at the World Economic Forum, at least their bosses do. The World Economic Forum is a private organisation. Remember, But again, it's who owns it? It's big bankers on it. It publishes a comprehensive series of reports which examine in detail the broad range of global issues it seeks to address with stakeholders, this is a term used stakeholders as part of its mission of improving the state of the world, besides reports on its key events and standalone publications such as the global competitiveness report. Do you understand this is this is why you were trained at school to compete with each other, so you should leave there and you were learn to compete, compete, compete. That's why they call it the human race, by the way. And very few folk win it. You understand that too. Competition, competition. Even though I can remember when Britain was being amalgamated and a, a few bright sparks did manage to get it in the media and they said the obvious, which is how can you compete with China? Which the West had set up through its World Trade Organization and refunded funded China into existence, modern day China, and gave them all our factories. weren't ours anyway, They were private corporations and that's, that's the deal, that's the reality of it, isn't it? But anyway, they're all over in China. And it says besides report on its key and events and standalone publications such as the Global Competitiveness Report, the Global Risks Report and the Global Gender Gap Report, uh, the, the, the forum produces landmark titles covering the environment, education, individual industries and technologies. And you should really, uh, you should really just look through all the topics that they'll they'll get maybe 10 minutes each on because that's all they do, and then they sign all the pre-arranged uh, treaties. They go to the world th- 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 through the United Nations and then land up in Presidents and Prime Minister's desks for signing. Uh, this is outside of what you think is democracy, but they will tell you they are the new re- democracy. If you don't belong to a massively funded group, you, you're, you're out of the picture. This is the Soviet system. Soviet meant rule by councils. These are the new councils for the Western Soviet, for the world Soviet. And they're all funded by private corporations and foundations that have trillions of dollars to create the non-governmental organizations to pretend to speak on your behalf. You don't vote them in. You are never asked to vote in any foundation either, uh, or think tank that rules over you, or any of these global things whatsoever. But you still think you're living in a nation with a democracy. But It's just incredible, the list of uh, things they're covering here. That means they're going to sign all these different documents, including regional and, and country scenarios. We're, we're divided up into regions. It's all part, again, Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, all of that stuff. It's all in here. Uh, partnering against uh, the corruption initiative, regional competitiveness. See, they even get the regions competing with the other regions travel, tourism, uh, water, you see it won't be your water anymore, Uh, alternative investments, financial development across the world, Uh, humanitarian assistance across the world, private investors, stimulating growth, blah, 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 blah. They bring all of this stuff into it, uh, and the carbon taxes that they want to bring in, uh, and so on. But it's quite interesting to just scan through. It's massive. You'll see all the world managers in here. That's what they are. All these names you'll see on the left-hand side, they're world managers. And you'll never vote for them. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back. And I'll also put a link up to Outlook on the global Agenda 2011, which is also Agenda 21 for 21st century, but they go through it by the year by year, just to confuse you. And uh, it's interesting, this title here, because it's, it's called Building Responses to the New Reality. The new reality, the new normal, has caught on across the whole world, that, that term that came out with, the new normal. I see all over the place now. But uh, here they're calling it also the, the new reality. So I'll put that link up too, and you can, for those who want to, and who want to really know what's going on and what's happening around them in the whole world, because it affects all of them, all of you, everything's done globally now, then you have to go through all this stuff and wade through it, or you really won't know what's going on. And uh, as I say, to put up the reports too from the World Economic Forum to show you all of these global managers, just scroll down the left-hand side and just look at all these names that's quite interesting. And as that's all going on too, you have this happening again, you see. And it's, um, it's a press release. It says, uh, council hosts U.S. cabinet secretaries and world leaders. See, they're world managers. I call them managers. That's really what they are. They're run by the CEO concept, you see. And so this is, um, The Bay Area Council, the business group that represents the largest employers in the San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Oakland Bay Area, next week will host the largest diplomatic gathering in California since the founding of the United Nations in 1945. At the invitation of the State Department, the Bay Area Council has worked with the White House and executive branch agencies to assemble 150 meetings over two weeks to address some of the most uh, pressing challenges on the planet, including transportation, energy, health, the environment, technology, and women empowerment. The conversations and policy-setting negotiations are part of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum, that's when I was talking about that big one, uh, founded in 1989. That actually was founded in 1989, but the Council on Foreign Relations had the Institute for Pacific Relations, founded back in the 1930s and 20s, working on it. The 21 countries or or economies that will gather in San Francisco represent approximately 40% of the world's population, approximately 54% of the global economy, and about 44% of world trade. There will be approximately 3,000 delegates and 200 registered journalists. But, of course, the journalists are all members of CFR, too, so you probably won't hear much about it. The global leaders uh, in attendance include, this is not all of them, this is the ones that you'll know, U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, of course, which is not a war. She's doing this stuff. U.S. Secretary of Transportation Ray LaHood. U.S. Secretary of Energy Stephen Chu. U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services Kathleen Sebelius. U.S. EPA Administrator Lisa Jackson. Ministers representing the 21 APEC countries, including China, Japan, Russia, the Republic of Korea, Mexico, Vietnam, and Australia. We will have enough U.S. cabinet memberships or members in town to form a shadow government, said Jim. Isn't that interesting, the shadow government? Eh? It's all secretish. Uh, said Jim Wonderman, president and CEO of the Bay Area Council. The first project of the Bay Area Council was actually to host the founding of the United Nations in 1945. They're giving you a wee hint here, if you can get the way that they're wording this. That's where they did it, you see. So this is a return to habit for us. It's our, home, uh, it's our hope that hosting this distinguished diplomatic gathering 66 years later, very interesting number, can have the same far-reaching impacts and create the future we all hope for. Well, who will the guys I mentioned, as State, Citrus State, Citrus Energy, Citrus Health, blah, 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 and all, all, the, all these CEOs, basically, of, of the world. And it says, uh, part of the reason we were asked to host the meetings was the Bay Area's role in the global economy. Uh, the region is home to more to, to more Fortune Global 500 companies than any other place on the planet, except Tokyo, London, and New York. The Bay Area is the top four exporting region in the U.S. with more than 550 billion dollars in exports, primarily to APEC as APEC countries. Companies here are supported by diverse and truly global workforces. We are honored to have the opportunity to host this historic gathering and they've got some other links, etc. to take off into uh, all the different areas they we're going into. Do you understand that what I'm saying here? The public are excluded. You cannot call yourself a democracy in any form if you are excluded from all of these global meetings. In fact, you can't have democracy if you can't walk in uh, to the guys you elect and have your, your say. You cannot have one. It doesn't exist. The whole idea was founded even in republicanism, was founded on your your state government. was not that far away that you couldn't get there somehow by walking on a horseback or some means and get in there and have a piece of your say. And your representative was to do nothing except represent you, your people, your area. They don't do that anymore. They represent their party, which is global. So it's all farce. See, so I'm saying, we're living in a time frame where our time frame is 50 years or 60 years behind this present reality. And you've been conditioned by the media to think so and believe so. And most folk really do. How do you get past that? You have to educate yourself on this kind of stuff. And this has been going on for many, many, many years and given low profile. It's almost, in fact, the the public are trained to almost think it's nothing to do with us. (laughs) That's how great this is, this technique. It's nothing really to do with us, you know. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's all about you, you see, and how much cash or lack of cash you'll have in the future. There's also one on, this is from my top guy at the Council on Foreign Relations, with a PDF to it on job growth, and he also talks about uh, globalization and unemployment, how he just had to bite the biscuit, basically, and accept it as such. Back with more after this message.
2: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: I'm Alan Watts, and we're back cutting you through the Matrix, talking about the big world management systems which exist all around you. They meet every year in different countries, as many of them all working together, bypassing everything you can imagine or perceive as government because they call, they're calling themselves governance, global governance. These private partnership deals that your governments have made with big corporations and NGOs, non-governmental organizations. Some of them, the heads of these CEOs, these non-governmental organizations, not the charity characters, get 200 grand a year plus. They're paid for by the big foundations, which are owned by the big international bankers. But anyway, getting back to the, the guys who designed this whole system and the American branch was the Council in Foreign Relations who put out the Foreign Affairs magazine. Anyway, it says, Michael Spence, distinguished visiting visiting fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations and the author of The Next Convergence, isn't that nice? The Future of Economic Growth in a Multi-Speed World. You think it's bad now? you wait till you get really moving on this. Anyway, globalization is a process by which markets integrate worldwide. Over the past 60 years, it's accelerated steadily as new technologies and management expertise have reduced transportation, transaction costs, and as tariffs, that's the import duties, export, and other man-made barriers to international trade have been lowered. That's only for the ones in the World Trade Organization that haven't come up to the first world standard. We still pay them coming in. The impact has been stunning. More and more developing countries have been experiencing sustained growth rates of 70-10%. 13 countries, including China, have grown by more than 7% per year for 25 years or more. Although this was unclear at the outset, the world now finds itself just past the midpoint in a century-long process. Isn't that interesting? In which income levels in developing countries have been converging towards those in developed countries, now the emerging economies' impact on the global economy and advanced economies is rising rapidly. Until about a decade ago, the effects of globalization on the distribution of wealth and jobs—that was all part of the deal they signed at the, with the Royal Society of International Affairs in the early 1900s—were largely benign. On average, advanced economies were growing at a respectable rate of 2.5%, and most of them, the breadth and variety of, un, of employment opportunities at various levels of education seemed to be increasing. It wasn't up until about the 70s in America and elsewhere in Canada, with external help. With external help, that's you, lot, Even the countries ravaged by World War II recovered, imported goods, and became cheaper as emerging markets engaged with the global economy, benefiting consumers in both developing and developing countries. So it's giving you all the plus things for for you see. But as the developing countries become larger and richer... Uh, these are the ones that are coming up now. Their economy structures has changed in response to the forces of comparative advantage. They moved up the value-added chain. Now developing countries increasingly produce the kind of high-value-added components that 30 years ago were the exclusive purview of advanced economies. In other words, they're making all the stuff that you used to make. This climb is a permanent irreversible change, so it's never coming back to you lot, that ma- making good uh, goods that you're proud of. and so You're never going to see that again. It's gone. With China and India, which again we're all paying to come up, you see, through our tax money and redistribution of wealth, which together accounts for almost 40% of the world's population, resolutely moving up this ladder, structural economic change in emerging countries will only have more impact on the rest of the world in the futures planned that way, you see. By relocating some parts of international supply chains, globalization has been affecting the price of goods, job patterns, and wages almost everywhere, as changing the structure of individual economies in ways that affect different groups within those countries differently. In advanced economies, it is redistributing employment opportunities and incomes. In advanced economies, is it really, is it employment opportunities and incomes? Maybe if you get a job in Homeland Security, that's all it's going to be left shortly, I think, and and unemployment offices. So uh, you understand we're run by global managers who, who come together at global meetings, although they have their own permanent workplaces, and they correspond with other global managers across the world, thousands of them, actually, when you break them all down, the members that they participate. But none of them are elected to any position by any country or any member of the public anywhere. And this is the new form of corporate global governance, uh, run by big institutions, which started off as a secretive of societies, by the way. Cecil Rhodes said the same thing of uh, the Rhodes Foundation. He said we have to make it a secret society. And uh, they did. They copied. He, he said in his own will, you can look up for yourself. I'm not just saying this, but he says we'll copy the Jesuit techniques of secrecy. And then, of course, they merged with the Lord Milner group, Lord Alfred Milner, who was actually German. And um, a lot of them actually in the Milner group were German, extract, uh, at least born in Germany. And they formed, they were all bankers, sons and bankers, and they formed, uh, eventually, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is the big boy still today. And the Council of Foreign Relations became their American branch. They also... Run the European Union, uh, which they drafted up the whole proposition to integrate it in the first place. And they also drafted up the NAFTA deal as well and came out on Canadian television and admitted it, uh, uh, appearing for the first time uh, as the Council and Foreign Relations Committee. They, they were responsible for drafting it up. All these agreements the Presidents and Prime Ministers signed, they drafted them up. And we don't elect them. They're private organisations with a world agenda, Redistributing your wealth across to international corporations across the world as you plummet down the hill, and you know why you got the police state coming in. What's well, already here, long here actually, they were designing it for 25 years ago because they knew they'd bring you down, and there would be riots down the road as everyone loses their old work, their standards, their standard of living, and everything else. That's why the West is a police camp. Now there's people on the lines there and all. Check them out now. There's there's Fred from Michigan there. Are you there, Fred? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Fred.
0: Oh hey. Ah, uh, okay. Um uh, mentioning the foundations. Um wasn't it the foundation the Wall Street? Uh what I call bankster gangster foundation families that uh it built
1: up uh, Nazi Germany yeah it was Wall Street and London actually uh, the, the breakdown came at the Nuremberg trial of all the big uh, banks and uh, corporations including the Ford and GM and the rest of them that formed an umbrella group called IG Farben that, that became the industry for the, to build the German war machine in fact and the book—it uh, was the crimes and punishment of I. G. Farben. We'll give you a list of all the people involved. George Bush, uh, uh, senior's dang dad was was uh, actually put on in, put in trial for trading with the enemy through the Brown and Harriman Bank. Yep. Oh yeah, the
0: good old Bush laden and crime family.
1: So so yeah, they and even the Rothschilds companies too—they uh, were they were funding Hitler as well and. Uh, so they're all getting on the act. It was a massive group. It was chemical, uh, machinery, uh, vehicles, uh, ITT made the Falk Wolf Fighter in Germany. And so you're absolutely right. The West funded, and of course, uh, Professor Anthony Sutton wrote a book about that. It's got all the names in it, all the corporations, how much they put in, how much the profit they gleaned, the fact that none of them got punished for it. Um, and, and it was uh, Wall Street in the rise of Hitler. Uh, and it also, they did, they did, um, um the, the the communist one too the uh, the ones who who funded communism' it's the same bunch who fun funded communism because both of them were socialist in nature they like socialism because it 's easy to treat to uh, to treat to work with the governments than it is with individual members of the public
0: yeah. you know helen you 're right when I ever i talked with people i know and of course people i don 't know uh they are major is to accuse me of being a communist, mm-hmm. and I should move to, you know, communist China or Russia. And I tell them, well, uh, you may want to believe that, but uh, go look up the communist manifesto and uh, see what you think. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, uh, they just want to slam the door in the face or ignore me, criticize me, demonize me, but. Yeah. Um, um, isn't there also uh, a connection with the Muslim Brotherhood and, and I think Al Qaeda yeah. and you know Taliban? Aren't are all these terrorists? Or, is, is, oh yeah, Ellen. Oh, I almost forgot. I heard on some broadcast that Lord Black uh, uh, of British Parliament, right? Yeah, uh, House of Lords. Uh, Purportedly in the Belfast Telegraph Last November 2010 uh, He was to have stated That he was uh, an agent of uh, The Rothschild uh, I guess what Bank of England uh, To funnel uh, Funding to the Various terrorist organizations I guess in Ireland and, And Africa
1: well, nothing would surprise me. Uh, Conrad Black was brought up in Canada, and he owned newspapers. He was, a, he was a, basically a, a, like a Murdoch. He, he, was a, he was a media baron. He owned TV stations, or, or mainly the newspaper print and so on, all the way through Canada, through the States, Hollinger Corporation. He owned Colin, uh, Hollinger with Barbara Walters, top uh, member, and so was Kissinger as well, his best pal. And uh, his job all through the Cold War was to um, always point out how much of a threat this was from Russia uh, so that we'd all get scared, etc. He also won the Jerusalem Post. And uh, eventually he had to sell off Hollinger. Uh, It was a big stink because he uh, is accused of uh, holding back a lot of cash from investors. And uh, Walters and Kissinger and so on got a bit ticked off with it. And so after he was getting his lordship, he went over to London to get his lordship from the Queen for being a good Cold War warrior and profiteer. Um, then they put him in prison. He's in prison right now. But uh, he, he's psychopathic, I'm sure, but he's probably more honest now that he's been in prison. And he wants a better revenge against all those. He knows so much about everybody, obviously, at the top and how they've played the general public. And it might be quite interesting to see see his book when it comes out, because he'll be more honest now that he's after the revenge, you see. But uh, there's no doubt about These characters are are global actors. Uh, The first thing you must do is weaponize uh, your media so that you take over the minds of the public. And when all the media are saying the same things, uh, about any particular war that you want to have or people you should fear, then we, we all start to parrot what they say. So they're very, very important. Yeah.
0: And, and, and so, uh, as it is now with the presidential uh, candidacy, they're marginalizing Ron Paul, and yet, uh, if memory serves, he he's a fellow who, at least 20 years ago, Remember this? It was the American Sovereignty Restoration Act, HR 1146. Mm-hmm. You know, terminate the United Nations, get them out of this country. Yeah. It's obviously uh, been promoted as the as the New World Order's uh, global government, and we're all supposed to believe that we're global citizens. So, mm-hmm. what better merit than the UN right here in America, yeah. you know, as global government, and we're all global citizens, right? It takes the global view.
1: That's it. That's it. We're already there. Thanks for calling back after this. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, and Stephanie from Hamburg is still on the line, I think. Are you there, Stephanie? Hello. Hello.
2: Hi,
1: Alan. How you doing? Appreciate
2: it. Appreciate everything you do. Um, yeah, I just I have a comment about the fashion industry. Um, it just seems that they uh, promote a lot of um, pedophilia seems to be promoted too in the their sort of uh, agenda because um, you see these models who have uh, figures that are quite uh, pre-adolescent figures. Yep. you probably mentioned before yep. and. Um, the, as, as the fashion expands, the the clothes are made to flatter the, the bodies of pre-adolescent people. So when you see young girls who are 10, 11, 12 wearing these clothes, even the most um, average people, average men, I guess, would glance over to see because they're made to look um, more, I guess, uh, appealing or attractive. Yeah. And... Um, another and one of my frustrations is that when speaking to friends and it's, it seems like an agenda that that's across borders because I'm in Hamburg now and I'm originally from London and you get the same sort of um, new age hippie, yeah. uh, wannabe movement and you try to point out to some of these people that it all comes from it comes from a certain um, place. It, it, like you, you, even if I, I, I often try to read parts from a *Brave New World*, and yeah. you see that the free love and um,
1: yeah, enter. They, they, they want to do away with the term. The United States, the United Nations has said so. They want to do away with the term pedophilia and call it intergenerational love. They call it, and this they actually, actually said. I have an article here. The United Nations that uh, if you deprive your child from having sexual sex with an older person, you're interfering with that child's rights, the, the, the rights of the child, the United Nations Charter rights of the child, and this is this is why this is all happening now. And by the way, the fashion industry is run uh, primarily by the big banks. I have a whole list here of who funds them. Every big show, uh, Goldman Sachs is way up there. They also get first dibs, by the way, at the models because they take them abroad and they get them hooked on cocaine. I've got stacks of information on this stuff, and uh, and they give you your culture, and the people, unfortunately, at the bottom follow it. So it's just a, it's the same boys running the same culture industry, uh, music industry, movie industry, and running, killing us all because they're the kings of cash, and uh, uh, they're all in it together, you know.
2: They um, also seem to uh, quote Nietzsche a lot, um, along with The vegetarianism that they yep. promote.
1: That's right. They, they, they said it must be a vegetarian world. They got Alvin Tothler to write The Third Way, and he said and, and they, every congressional member got a, mem- a copy of that book by Newt Gingrich. He made sure they all had it. And it says we create a vegetarian society, and it must be so. That's for the people at the bottom, because they want you to be weak, silly, and um, not too bright. And this is something tested in history before. Um, you
2: know, why do you think they, they use nature? Because obviously they wouldn't promote anybody uh, without a reason.
1: They, they want to drastically reduce the population. What they're doing with, with, uh, with the food, you'd be lucky to afford even a vegetarian diet, a basic one. It will all be GM, soaked with pesticides, and you'll die off all the quicker. They say by the year 2050... The population will plummet, and will also be sterile. By the way, that's another effect of the pesticides. But thanks for calling, Stephanie, from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. God or gods go with you, and mind you, please donate or buy the books. Got to keep going.